Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. I think it's great. I think it's it's good for the NFL. It's it's good for Coach Meyer and his family, another, another challenge. Uh, it all, I mean, it all depends on who's running the offense and defense quite honestly uh he'll he'll do great to to be a mentor and lead the team and and do all those things that coach does but if your offensive defense coordinator don't match up with your players it's not going to matter so it'll be interesting who his hires are for that if he does get the job and uh how much time they're going to give him and it's not going to be an easy fix Regardless of uh, you get Trevor and I, it's not like he's going to make you a playoff team. It's going to take a couple years to build and rebuild this team. And, uh, you know, I think they got a bunch of picks over the next couple of years with the Jalen Ramsey trade and whatnot. So, yeah, it's, I think it's exciting. I think we're all, all have somewhat vested in Coach Meyer because he was at the U for a couple of years and started the process of bringing Utah back on the map and then Coach Witt taking it over and taking it even higher than it was. So we'll see what happens. That was Eric Weddle, who was on with Hanson Scotty. And by the way, he's been uh, on with them weekly, you know, kind of their NFL. Uh, they do an hour on uh, on Thursday's NFL preview show. And man, has it been fun to listen to. He's, he's always really, really terrific. But uh, there was Eric talking about his former coach, Urban Meyer, who apparently is in advanced talks. I, I, I wish they'd just put pen to paper because I, I love it how slowly this process is going. But it looks like um, they're finalizing a deal for Urban to be the next head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Urban taking a, taking a try at the NFL. What do you think, Gordon? Yeah, he's, he's got the third highest winning percentage of any college coach uh, who has coached more than 100 games. I think he's like an 84 point. 85.4% or something like that. And that includes the times back at Bowling Green and all that. And, you know, he's he's had tremendous success. And I think he's a really smart guy. He's uh, stubbed his toe along the way, and he's made some stupid mistakes. But, uh, but does he know football? I think he does. And I think he knows how to organize and coordinate a team. Uh, you know, everyone, a lot of people, I wrote a column about this. I don't, I don't know when it's going to be posted, SL Trib, but you can look for it and see if you agree or disagree with it. But uh, he, uh, Nick Saban failed at the pro level and went back to Alabama and thrived. Uh, others have made that jump. Pete Carroll has done well for himself, wouldn't you say? And uh, although at the NFL level, you never know. I mean, Doug Peterson wins a Super Bowl. How many years ago was that? Three mm-hmm. or four? Four, I think. Is it right? Four, mm-hmm. and now he's gone. Uh, it's 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 uh, tenuous at best. And I remember having a talk with Norm Chow about coaching in the NFL, and he said, "Hey, man, all they care about is winning. That's what they care about. It's a business. It's a tough business, and that's what they want you to accomplish there. And if you don't, you're gone." And so it will be see. It'll be interesting to see if Urban, how Urban does, uh, from a strategic standpoint. You know, I mean, he's through the years he's had a run-heavy offense, uh, you know, spread offense, moving the ball on the ground. It's kind of like Oregon when Chip Kelly was there. Remember, everyone used to think Oregon threw the ball all the time. 
<laughs> Jake, you and I have had that conversation. They've ran it an awful lot. And Urban's teams have as well. But in the NFL, it seems like the pass is king now. And so he can he make those adjustments uh, at the NFL level? And then there's the whole idea of whether he can uh, withstand the own, the, the own, his own pressure that he feels and that he puts on himself. And we can get into that. I get into it into the column. And as you know, I wrote uh, his life story 15 years ago, and, and he gave me all kinds of interesting background as far as why he turned out the way he did. And also his health concerns. I mean, he puts a lot of pressure on himself. He's, his health has suffered from time to time as he's retired from college football on a couple of occasions. And so how will he do in the NFL? I think he's smart enough, uh, and maybe he's learned some lessons along the way. I don't know that for a fact, but uh, I think there is a good chance he could be successful at the NFL level. I know there are a lot of people who disagree with that and are kind of hoping that he flops, but uh, can can he succeed in the NFL? I think the answer to that is yes. So I I have a couple of of thoughts here, Gordon. One quickly on the on the losing. Um, in two thousand and three, he lost two games at the University of Utah, and after one of which, he uh, he uh, punched out his offensive coordinator. So he does not <laughs> he does not handle losing particularly well, and he's going to lose a lot with the Jaguars. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But it, Gordon, when we were doing the show together years ago, back at the other at uh, at the other spot, uh, we were talking about Jimmer Fredette and how he would do at the next level. And my opinion on on Jimmer at the time was he's he's a special player, and everybody said, "Oh, he'll be good at the NBA level because he'll he'll be a more he'll learn how to be a more traditional point guard." Uh-huh. And that, that never made any sense to me because you're basically telling Jimmer that, "Hey, Jimmer, everything that makes you special." We don't want you to do it. You know, like you, 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 that's what he was good at. It was the way he played it at BYU. He wasn't, if you wanted him to be something else, that wasn't what made him a unique basketball player. So with that, that thought in mind for a second, I don't know how it's going to go for, for Urban at the next level, because the two main things uh, pop out at me. One, his offense has made him special at the collegiate level, and he's going to have to change that. Because yeah. I don't think it's going to work. And two, the other thing that's made him successful at the collegiate level was the way that he runs things and his overall um, dominating presence, right. if you get uh-huh. what I'm saying. Well, he, he, used, he used fear as yeah, a motivator. Yeah, he did use fear as a motivator. And he, he, he played a, a lot of those types of games, right? No, those aren't going to work at the next level either. So... That's already two things that he's going to have to change about himself and two major factors of why he was successful at the collegiate level. So X's and O's, he has to change. The way he manages has to change. That's that's some pretty big stuff that he's going to have to fix or change or whatever to succeed at the NFL level. And I don't know. I don't know if I'd bet on that going well. Well, let me let me address one of each of those uh, one at a time. The first one, I agree with what you said about how difficult it is for him to lose. Uh, I remember a quote, and I put this in my my column that will be posted either today or tomorrow. I don't know when it's going to be posted. But he said, and he told he told this to me personally. He said it straight to my face. I can't function as a human being after a loss. 
I can't eat. I can't shave. I can't hug my kids. That's <laughs> that's a pretty big hurdle, like you said, to be able to handle that because everybody loses in the NFL. If you get fortunate like Bill Belichick and you get one of the all-time greats at quarterback, wait for it. Wait for it. What? You go Not ahead. Gonna... Proceed. Yeah, we know you're, We know how you feel about Tom Brady. It's all right. You were making a point. <laughs> so he, he was fortunate uh, to some extent. Remember, Bill Belichick failed the first time he coached, or he had a little success, but not, not really anything like he did later when things were set up for him better. So he'll have to learn to handle that. He'll have to stay healthy. And that's a big deal. And whether those, I'm not a doctor, I don't know if those two things are connected, but they might be. And as, but as far as the strategy goes in the NFL, one thing that I believe is that even though Urban Meyer was kind of the grand puppet master, he was like the controlled everything, he did listen to his assistant coaches if he thought they knew what they were talking about. And I, I do think if he hires the right offensive coordinator who, who really, and that's probably a lot of what's going on right now, back and forth in this negotiation. He wants the right people in the right place so he can succeed. One thing Urban's not is he's not dumb. I mean, you pointed this out. Every time he went to a college situation, what was it in shambles or was it pretty good? It was rolling. <laughs> it was ready to roll if it, or it was underachieving, and he knew it could do better And when he swooped in. And so I think he he's looking at the circumstances and saying, okay, so this is what the Jags were doing. This is what was failing. This is what I need to make it better. Uh, he needs a really good personnel guy, and he needs uh, some terrific coordinators. And if he can do that, and if the Jags are willing to shell out all that money for him, what are they offering him? It's like a ton of money, isn't it? Ten million, more than ten million. I don't know. It's a bunch. So if he if he gets what he wants so that he can uh, darn near ensure that things will get better, then, then yeah, I think he can succeed Except and for... let those guys do what they do. Because at the NFL level, the coach can't make all those calls. The coach can't take over like they do in college. Just it doesn't work that way. But I but I think he does recognize a skilled guy who can help him. Except for here's the thing, Gordon, the Jags stink. They don't have uh, any good players. They've got cap room, <laughs> which is a thing, and they're going to have a rookie quarterback. Next year is going to go badly. <laughs> it is. Oh, yeah, it, yeah, it's going to go badly. And and that's the you know rebuilding project and all that stuff. I mean, you know, you come to expect it, but they don't they don't have any players. And if you're thinking that Trevor Lawrence is going to come in and and the Jags are going to make the playoffs, that's not happening. So but I, you know that in the NFL, it's uh, of all the pro leagues, it's the one where if smart decisions are made, you can go from worst to first. But, but my point is that this is not Florida, this is not Utah, this is not Ohio State. He doesn't have those advantages that he's going into. In fact, it's the opposite for maybe the first time in his career, which is interesting. So yeah. we'll we'll see how that goes. But he doesn't automatically get the best players anymore. So he can have a good personnel guy, but the other the team on the other side of the football is going to be equally as talented, if not more so, in most cases. So this weren't is, the this Jags, is going to be weren't different. Weren't the Jags looking up just a couple of years ago? Weren't they uh, looking pretty good on the defensive side? They had some nice defensive backs, and it seemed like they – this is the thing. In the NFL, it's a slippery slope, man. I, th- I think you can either slide out or you can you can climb up. 
Well, they let all those players go before they paid them. And the one that they did pay, Jalen Ramsey, they ended up trading. So, I mean, <laughs> so some bad decisions have been made, or good, and depending on if where you you know if you thought your team capped out, uh, you know, or topped out, or whatever. I mean, they got they had to move on from Bortles. Strange that he was a quarterback on a on a team that went that far. Well, they're going to get Trevor Lawrence, and he's so going to take his lumps as all rookies. He do. is. He, I, I remember John Elway as a rookie and how how pathetic he looked at times, and he seemed to be able to to correct it. Um, and that gets back to whether Urban can withstand that kind of losing to begin with. I, I think if he's adjusting his mindset to the point where, okay, I need some time to do this, but if I do do it, I've got a heck of an opportunity to make an impact. I've got a heck of an opportunity to look really good, to make a bunch of money, and to prove that I can make a big difference at the highest level of football, something he's never done before. So I, I think that can – most coaches that I've talked to through the years, it's not always true with all of them, but many of them have large, large egos. And they have more than that. They have remarkable self-belief. They think they can make a difference. They think they can change things. They think they can make it better. And uh, I'll bet you Urban Meyer will check every one of those boxes, even though he's also been smart enough to move to programs where he knew he could win and win fast. That won't be the case here, but, but if he sees a clear path and a commitment on the part of ownership to accomplish those things, uh, I, I I can understand why he he might want to do it. Now, he's 56 years old. Isn't it Urban 56? I think he's 56, 57, something like that. So he's not exactly a spring chicken, but he's got he's got some time if he handles it correctly and uh, he uh, takes care of his health and takes the right attitude that he could, you know, he, he's got time and some energy to get something positive done. All right, so let's let's play this game for a second. And uh, I think the last time I played this game, and we did it with John Gruden, and I was uh, uh, completely wrong. Uh, but over under, and let's you set the number here, Gordon. Over under, how many seasons is Urban Meyer the head coach at Jacksonville? Uh, well, a lot of that just depends on what we were just talking about. Well, of course I, it does. That's why I, I pose it. Set us a set us a number, regardless regardless of the reason he's not there. Uh, well, it's a it's a good question and I know what you're up to here, Jake, because if he if he doesn't do well, he's gone cuz he he won't he won't abide that. If he does do well, he might be gone anyway cuz that's been his MO everywhere he's gone, he doesn't stay all that long. Uh, so I would guess five way under, I would say Austin over under how many seasons he'll be there. Yeah. Five. Uh, three and a half. So, so you're going under as well. Gordon set the number at five. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought Gordon was just saying that would be his no, number. No, that was his over under. Oh, that's, then that, that was my, no, that, no, that was my number. Uh, I, over under, maybe I'd go four. I, I said, set the no. I said, Okay. I'm not a gambler. I don't know your chart. They'd say four and a half, and you're taking the under or uh, over. Over under player arrests while Urban Meyer's the coach in Jacksonville. 
48. Well, that's one thing we under. know about. He doesn't care. <laughs> he doesn't care about this anybody is else but yeah, himself. Right. You know, this yeah. is one of the interesting things about the way he goes about his business is in the very moment. I remember when Aaron Hernandez was playing for him at Florida and, 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 uh, and Urban was reading, by, having Bible study with him, or at least talking as though he did. And so he, <laughs> I don't think Urban Meyer cares that much about character. He cares about winning. But he, that's the thing. He talks as though he does care about that stuff. You know how I know that Urban Meyer is a bad driver? Oh. Constantly looking the other way. Zing. Nailed it. Got him. <laughs> Well, he does have a tendency to ignore that which uh, is inconvenient for him to know. And the thing about him is anybody who's addicted to attention to detail the way he is, you know he knows. He knows everything. No, he doesn't. It was Shelly who knew. She never told oh. him. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> she never told him. That's what he uh, said. That's what Urban uh, I said. Know. But he said later that he failed. In his approach to that, which uh, translated means he lied. Well, he but... succeeded in throwing Shell Bell right under the bus. <laughs> I really like Shelly. She's a nice woman. Shell Bell went right under. <laughs> Remember she used to come over to the studio, and we used to uh, – she was a very uh, engaging woman, fun to talk to and smart. I thought she uh, – uh... Well, no, I won't bring that up. But I, I thought your Urban Liar column created some rift there. Wasn't she, it probably wasn't did. she I mean, grumpy about that? Oh, I'm sure she was. She's a champion of her man. And uh, so, I mean, but... I, mean, I remember when you said or, this about Shelly Meyer. I will say that uh, in seeing Shelly next to him on the broadcast, she's uh, she's not as uh, young as she once was. No, I'm not insulting her. She was always a beautiful lady, and she still is, but she she just looks like she's, you know, it's it's been 10 years. Oh, I forgot <laughs> about you running down, Shell Bell. Oh, I said, oh, really? You, man. you really got yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> there is no forgiveness in the radio business, wow. you know, because it's all recorded. That was the hot take of hot takes That's right there. That's not me twisting anything. That, those, no, I remember that. that. Those were your words, sir. Yeah, but that happens to all of us. I mean. We all uh, called, say, Shelly Meyer looks old? No. It looks no. like it's been it, 10 years. It looks like, yeah. No, better, I mean. I, I wonder I if she that. took up smoking because it looks no, like the last 10 I years have been rough. That. Now you guys are embellishing as usual. We heard I, the tape. We know what you said. <laughs> I mean, I could say the same thing about myself. I could say that about you. I could say that about anybody. But you didn't. You said it about Shelly. <laughs> I really like Shelly. Really like you've been Shelley. hitting the bottle because you really I, put on the years. Boy, there. you ran I, out of anti-aging cream, didn't you? I spent a lot of time with Shelly, and I was impressed. She, she's, uh, she really, she's for an old lady. She gets around. <laughs> no, <laughs> see, this is what you guys are saying, not what I said. <laughs> when did Shell Bell turn into B. Arthur? <laughs> she couldn't read those texts. She can't see very well. All right, more next. Stay tuned. Big Show, ninety-seven-five and twelve-eighty. The Zone. I mean, we got it, Shaq. I think he's just doing his job. You know, he's a he's an entertainer now. He he, he speaks on TV, and uh, Shaq is one of the guys that I that I looked up to as a as a young basketball player, and is uh, someone that I respect. You know, that doesn't mean that I respect everything that he says, but uh, I don't take it personal. You know, I think he's uh, he's just doing his job, and uh, my job is to to help my team win, and you know, nothing will 
ever distract that. Distract me from doing that. Uh, Rudy Gobert <laughs> responding uh, to Shaquille O'Neal. You heard what he said uh, right there, Gordon. Uh, Shaq just uh, continues to... Uh, uh, go at Rudy. Uh, this latest incident, Shaq retweeted um, uh, somebody's tweet, Gordon, and it was a, a highlight of Rudy Gobert getting a block shot. Uh, or no, no, no. It was a highlight of Jarrett Allen going against Rudy Gobert. And uh, the, the tweet says, Baguette Biombo. And Shaq retweeted that. So then Rudy was once again asked about uh, Shaquille O'Neal, and uh, we, of course, just heard his uh, response right there that respected Shaq as a player, looked up to him when he was a kid, but doesn't have to agree with everything he says. Well, yeah, and that's a great attitude on his part. I mean, we know Rudy well enough to know that he does not like being disrespected, right? So he, he doesn't like it. But he's not going to make a big deal out of it. And you can tell by the way he says what he says. Either he really knows the right thing to say or he really has adjusted his mindset to be able to absorb that without much of a problem. And because uh, he's right on the money. He said, hey, look, that's Shaq's job to make comments and it's my job to help my team win. I mean, can you think of a better answer than that? Unless he had a really clever uh, you know, comeback. But. What he said is true, so it doesn't really matter what Shaq thinks. It doesn't, and, and I, I. It doesn't matter what you think or I think, and you know, I mean, we think what we think, and we do our jobs, and we give our opinions, and we hope to stir the opinions, the individual opinions of our listeners, and they can think what they want. But what effect that actually has on Rudy Gobert's performance on the floor, it's it, it's completely disconnected. It should be. If I were Rudy, my response would be just to point out that Shaq wasn't good at basketball. <laughs> he was not a skilled basketball player. And if you're saying that uh, Rudy can't run over the guy in front of him as well as Shaq used to, then, well, terrific point there. But I, I, don't, I don't get the Shaq thing. This is, this is just needling Rudy. This isn't um, him on TNT giving his opinion. Well, once he, once he gets something started, he doesn't want to back away from it. So he's going to... Throw a little gas on that fire just to, uh, you know, I don't know. I would respect it way more if it weren't some jab from a podcast or some stupid retweet. If he actually went on TNT and gave his opinion about Rudy Gobert and backed it up with uh, uh, other mm, uh, points than just 11 points, he, he uh, <laughs> I can't do it. I can't go deep enough for Shaq. He's got that deep, quiet voice. But, uh, you know, just throwing out there, like, all you have to do to make $200 million is score 11 points. I mean, even Shaq is, is intelligent enough to know it's more nuanced than that, you know? So if he well, were, actually, if he were on TNT I... and delivering his opinion about why he doesn't think Rudy Gobert is worth that contract, I, I'd find that way more tolerable than the childish behavior of just needling Rudy. I mean, it's so troll-like. It's not a commentator. It's somebody trying to make fun, and I think that's dumb. But maybe that's a reflection of his quote-unquote playful nature. You know, maybe he doesn't even mean it. I I don't know. I haven't talked with Shaq about it, but I think, you know, it's like guys in the locker room. They give each other the business a little bit. They just tease them and make fun of them. And I, I don't know whether he's he sincerely thinks that Rudy is uh, not uh, not much to, to speak of on a basketball court. You know, he didn't say he sucks. He said, uh, you know, he scores 10, 11, 11, 12 points. 
to make two hundred million. He, Doesn't, he, he, he knows, endorsed. He his, knows Rudy is a terrific defensive player and presence. He called him Baguette Biombo. <laughs> So don't go speaking for what Shaq knows or does not know. <laughs> I, I just don't know the complete truth. Uh, I think he's, he's, he's making a game out of it, and I, I don't know whether he really believes what he's, what he's saying there. It could just be goofing around, but it might be the truth. If it is, then it doesn't really matter to Rudy. I mean, yeah, he'll take his compliments. From from uh, regardless of what you say, uh, a great NBA center, a Hall of Famer, uh, but uh, it's not going to have a big impact on on what he contributes on the floor. That's that's uh, that's up to Rudy to to think about and do and, and accomplish. You know what? A lot of people don't know about Shaq. Really quiet talker. Yeah, he is. Really, like amazingly quiet talker. I have to really concentrate when he talks, and probably people say that about me too. But I, I, because I, he does, he he kind of talks in a low tone. And, and I know when I've interviewed him that it's you really got to focus on what he's saying in order to pick it all up. Well, they they obviously bump it up on the television with microphones and that sort of thing. But that, I was surprised when I, uh, you know, first uh, was part of a group interview with Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, you had to to put the microphone like right next to his mouth, and even then, like. If you were reaching, you couldn't hear what he was saying. Who was it who hit him with the microphone that time? Uh, I don't know. Did somebody, somebody hit him with the microphone? Somebody, I think. I think somebody had a mic that was too close to his. And they probably did that. I mean, I stepped on Shaq's toe because we're, we're all trying to get close enough to hear what he's saying. And uh, But anyway, Rudy's a terrific player. He knows he's a good player. He, I mean... Uh, <laughs> The Jazz aren't stupid. They don't pay $200 million to somebody who's not a, a terrific presence. And and Rudy is, and he knows that, and Shaq just being Shaq. And that, that's fine, you know? I mean, I don't think uh, I don't think Rudy's too concerned about it. We'll have more coming up next. Stay tuned. Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.